You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Well, here we are again. Hello. Hi. I, I'm just, <laughs> just want to look straight in because I just see this beautiful picture of this dog at a coffee place. It's a it's a coffee bar. The dog cafe. The dog is cafe. It the, is it the one with the dog leaning on the um, coffee? Is it this one that you saw? The one dog. Oh leaning no! On the no, coffee? there was another one with just a dog with just lying on its side as a puppy. It looks like a German Shepherd puppy, and Aww. it's got its ball. It's so beautiful. And is it that just, from the LA Dog Cafe? Uh, I think so. I think so. What well, What is all this whole thing about dog cafes? So, yes, in Los Angeles, there's a yeah, dog yeah. cafe in LA where you can go and adopt them. It's America's first dog cafe. What a great idea! So here's I how. Like that. Yeah, here's how it works. So basically, you go get a cup of coffee, and I love it that the coffee is from. The Roaster's called Grounds and Hounds Coffee Company. Brilliant. Hello. Um, you know how you see cat cafes, right? And it started, I think, in Asia, maybe in Japan. And, you know, I guess they don't have a lot of pets, but, you know, probably because they live in a postage-sized place. But you can go to a cafe and sit, and there's cats that are cat cafes, and they live there, and they'll come up, and you can pet them, and they'll sit with you or, you know, whatever. And, or you can bring your boyfriend who's highly allergic who you want to break up with. That might just be weird. <laughs> Uh, it's my always goes through, yeah, that's always <laughs> through my mind. Like, you know, let's go stop here at this cafe. I'll meet you here. Uh, anyway, but they haven't done these with dogs. So now in Los Angeles, the dog cafe is going to be the first in, uh, the, in the country where you can go and have coffee. But here's the caveat, which is awesome. And I think it's great is that you can adopt these dogs. These are all shelter dogs, rescue dogs, and they're raising money right now on Indiegogo. It looks like. And their goal is to raise, I think their goal is to adopt out a hundred and they said something about a hundred dogs or a hundred and something dogs. Basically the LA County, the LA dog, uh, the um, shelters are overcrowded, Uh right? Absolutely. So what they're saying is that this way, you know, they can save some of these dogs. They're saying 120 dogs would be put down if the shelter, this one shelter couldn't move. So they were able to take some of those dogs out and rescue them. And the other thing, which you could probably talk to, is that, you know, think about when you go into a shelter and these dogs are behind, you know, living in these little two, like prison cells, right, for them. I mean, let's be real. And then they have dogs barking everywhere. It's a really, uh, it's it's just a really stressful environment for them. But if they're in a cafe where they can walk and roam and people are, you know, casual and hanging out, you can really get the idea of a uh, the personality of a dog. You know, it's not that scared dog in the corner or the dog that's constantly barking, don't isn't this sort of a better way to adopt them? You bet. Out? Oh my gosh, you bet. It is. I think that's why a lot of people don't want to go, don't adopt dogs because they don't want to go to the shelters because it's too much for them. They can't see these dogs behind kennel runs or in kennel mm-hmm. runs and looking unhappy and sitting in the corner. They just can't do that. So I think this is a really clever idea. Right. As long as there's good adoption counseling. Yes. And as long as you don't have people, oh, we're going to come for a cup of coffee. And oh, you know, well, let's just take a dog home. As long as it's a well thought out process. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. home visits. There's all kind of things that, you know, these these dogs are going to get adopted for life, and not just oh, because we can we come for a cup of coffee and but let's just let's just take a dog home. Yeah. Oh, look at that. But mm-hmm. you know, the cool thing about this too is you can come for a cup of coffee, play with the dogs, and go home. You don't have to adopt one, but it's great if you say live in a place where you can't have dogs or you travel too much and you're not you wouldn't be a good you know, pet parent right now, you can go play with them. And then the money that you're spending at the cafe is going back into helping these dogs. And you're also helping socialize them and give them love and attention and exercise. So I love it. And I think this is, you know, to, to, this is the way to go. I mean, isn't it just, isn't that just a much nicer atmosphere? I mean, Hey, we're not telling people don't go to the shelters, please still keep going to the shelters. All right. But um, I do, I do like this. It's a better atmosphere for these dogs, and it mm-hmm. is. It's good, great socialization for people as well as socializing right. with other dogs, and it gets them sort of makes that transition back into you know the real world again, mm-hmm. um, which can be very hard for some dogs when they've been in a shelter for a, a long period of time. Right. Um, so I, and, I love it. I think it's a great idea. A little caveat too: the uh, LA Health Department is okayed this because there's enough space for the dogs. Because my first thought was, oh, can you do that with animals inside? But they've been able to work it out with a big enough facility where I guess the food and the dogs are really separated, unless you decide to bring your muffin over to Muffy and okay. help him out. But anyway, I think it's so cool. And and speaking of, um, I don't know if you guys have seen this uh, video. It went viral on Facebook and uh, all over the internet. The dog sanctuary in Costa Rica. Yes. Did you see that? I've seen it. Oh, my gosh. So it, it's basically, I guess people go to Costa Rica. It's run from what I can gather by the locals, right? They all kind of volunteer. And they have this huge, I don't even know how big it is, huge uh, space where all these stray dogs come, they get fed, they have uh, places to sleep and shelter, um, there's you know fresh water all the time, and you can come and just play with the dogs, walk with the dogs, or you can adopt a dog. But I love the caveat that they have. If you come to adopt a dog, and there's probably hundreds and hundreds of dogs. There are. There's space for 900 dogs. I love that. And But I love the way they adopt out. If you come to adopt a dog... The only way you can take a dog is if the dog chooses you. So you can't be standing there and go, look at that little white dog in the corner. If the dog wants something to do with you, they say, sorry. The dog has to come to you and be interested in you for them to say, okay. I love that. I I mean, I do love that because it's always our decision, isn't it, all the time. It's always the human decision. But we got to have the dogs make it. And you know what? Oh, that just brings up a really good point. Mm-hmm. I I went this last week to Canine Assistance. I'm on the board of Canine Assistance, yes. which is one of the country's largest um, assistance dog organizations and um, run by my very good friend Jennifer Arnold Amazing. and her brother Gary Arnold. Incredible place. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that in yep. a minute. Hold that thought. Um, but... Um, what is great about this is that when they have recipients, and these could be anything, people with disabilities, um, PTSD, uh, diabetes, epilepsy, kind of, yeah, the, the, the various conditions that they have, that when, when it comes to matching the dog to the person, they really allow the dog to choose the person. Mm-hmm. The person can't go up and say, oh, I want that dog. No, no, no. So matching takes place, just the person and dog in a room, and then a dog is brought in. And if there's a connection and that dog goes up to that person, great, then that's that dog for that person. Mm. It might not happen. So it really is there again. Here you have another much more organic way of that. You know, if, if the dog goes up to that person and connects mm-hmm. to that person, it's the dog's choice. I love it. Right. I love it. You got to think of it here. like a relationship. Like if you go, oh, that guy's cute. And he's like, mm, you know what I mean? Like he's got to also agree to like you too. So <laughs> you know how that like pining love goes, right? Um, 
And one more thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, because you've been doing, in England, this dog fly show. Last year. You've been there a lot. Last year, show. yes. I filmed for 10 weeks in the summer, and I filmed this amazing show that was aired, as just finished airing on Sky One, called Dogs Might Fly, where we went around the country, and we found 12 shelter dogs from different different shelters around the country. We brought them to a beautiful mansion in the Sussex countryside down south in, uh, of mm-hmm. England, and they lived there for, for 10 weeks whilst we tested all of their cognitive abilities and with all these amazing challenges and the dogs lived like royalty Mm. and they were we had wonderful trainers and um eventually three were picked to go on to flight school what is what kind of what do you mean flight school flight school as in flight school as in the one of our dogs was going to learn to fly a plane what yes like but uh like a pilot like pilot 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 yeah Oh, my gosh. And, was um, it a Border Collie? Just... Yeah, no, one of our dogs was a Border Collie, but actually the Border Collie didn't make it to the final three. Really? Yeah. Because Border Collies and, are um, smarter than me. Well, now the show has aired, so I can't tell you who it was. I, I do really, I would love the show to come over to the United yeah. States, and I'm sure it will be shown in other places, because even if you know who which dog it is that, that actually did fly the plane. But it's cool to see the process process is amazing and also you know and there was also a little twist at the end which I won't tell oh. you about so you'll have to watch it but okay. um, we did have one of our dogs did fly the plane and uh, yes it was pretty amazing so they're not taking off and they're not landing of course but they, they did do a figure of eight wow they did they did and uh, so it takes quite precision uh, quite a lot of precision flying as it were can you well, and, can we um, see it online like through Amazon or iTunes you or can something? if you can go well no if you it, it's not online but you can see stuff on YouTube you go, oh, okay, if you just great. Google dogs might fly and you'll be able to see a little but um, the dog that actually flew the plane was uh, a, a bulldog mix, bull oh. terrier mix, yeah. Staffordshire bull terrier, bully breed mix. Uh huh. I've got a bully breed and she's sweet, but she, she, she can't. Well, watch, this was our be. shadow. A shadow was a hooligan and he was an escape artist and he was oh, crazy yeah. at the shelter and everything, but mm, shadow was the one that ended up flying that plane. And, oh you know, gosh. he's now a star in films because Charlotte Wilde, who was Shadow's principal trainer and mm-hmm. also one of the experts on the show. I was one of the experts on the show, too. She trains a lot of different animals, especially dogs, though, for film and TV. So mm-hmm. she's done a lot of the Harry Potter films and all that oh. kind of stuff. So and a lot of commercials. And um, so Shadow's now gone on to be a TV star and film <gasps> movie star. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I got to tell you, I love the message that you go to these shelters and you see these dogs and look at the possibilities, you know, for these dogs. It's just why you should adopt a rescue dog adopt at a shelter look at the possibility of them i love that isn't it fantastic well um if you want to find out about more um about dogs might fly just google it go in there um and um or you can go into oxford scientific films website and they're wonderful oxford scientific films in fact the 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 executive producer is uh, a lady called caroline hawkins and she's amazing she's the one who had the vision for this and she uh, uh was the one who i don't know whether you've seen meerkat manor but she was oh, the one that yeah. devised and created Meerkat Manor, oh, uh, yeah. which was shown on Animal Planet TV. Very, uh, very, very... Um, put meerkats uh, on the map. Yeah, I mean, it really did put meerkats. <laughs> and it was just a brilliantly done... Uh, anyway, and she she teamed up with Mark Vett, Vetti, who is actually a trainer in New Zealand who taught dogs, rescue dogs, to drive a car. Wow. So she thought, well, dogs can be taught to drive, drive a car. Why can they can be taught to fly a plane? Oh, my gosh. So that's what happened. I'm going to have to work on cashmere. She's my bully breed. Uh... Uh, yeah, but you know what? Her hips are bad, so I don't think she'd be able to spend No, her hips are fine. She's got two new knees. Oh, two new knees. That's right. Well, here's the deal. Um, (laughs) What what I loved about this is that, you know, we we taught our dogs to do some incredible things. But you know what? All done in a very positive way. I love Love it. it. Now, did those dogs get adopted out? Yeah, they've all got great homes. 
Oh, oh. got amazing homes. Yep. See? Yep. Charlotte took Shadow. Mm-hmm. Mark Vetti took Reggie, mm-hmm. who was um, one of the dogs I picked from the shelter. And uh, Kath Phillips, one of the trainers, took out um, Alfie, which is another one mm-hmm. of the dogs that I picked from the shelter. And, uh, and, and yeah, they all went to different homes. In fact, our makeup artist, who was the most wonderful woman in the world, I loved her. She's mm. just fabulous. And she took Spot, my favorite dog. Oh, yep. So oh, I know Spot's great. living in the lap of luxury right now. All the dogs went to amazing homes. Oh, I love it. Okay, yep. I'm going to look for it. Dogs might fly. Hey, you got something on your mind? What are you, a wizard, a genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process, they they physically miniaturize the dog? Or is it a puppy? Or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the yes. question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, you obviously don't dog. know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zook's treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zook's provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. And I have to give a shout out to Dave Ruff. So Dave Ruff is one of our amazing photojournalists, photographers uh, for CNN in Chicago. And he got a new puppy, Milo. And his puppy is uh, Cavalier King Charles. And oh my gosh, he said, you're friends with Victoria, right? Can you help me? And like, First of all, he listens to all our podcasts religiously and he (laughs) will be texting me and emailing. I love it because he's so, he's like, okay, now I set the house up before I got the puppy and did that. He is like the perfect dog owner. And I just, I just want to be like, these are for you. I I just love him. And first of all, he is an amazing guy. I love him. Oh, he's so cute. uh, No, he's got a very handsome, very, very handsome partner. So, but, um, but he's a great dog dad. Okay. All right. Here. uh, First question we have is from Mona uh, in British Columbia. And uh, she says, I have a one-year-old Maltese with severe separation anxiety. He cries and howls for almost the entire time we're gone and urinates in the house. How do we deal with that? Mm. That's pretty common, so don't feel like... It is very common. And I just, oh, you know, again, how long? Does it say how long they're away for? It doesn't say how long they're gone, but it says the entire time they're gone. Mm. Okay, I think this sounds like separation anxiety. Look, our dogs are just, you know, they, they are group animals. And I don't like to say pack animals because pack is mum, dad, and offspring, right? Mm-hmm. That's the true definition of pack. Mm-hmm. I say that our domestic dogs, you very rarely get a mum, dad, and offspring in the same house. So when we have different multi-dogs, okay, we're in a, in a house, multi-dog household, they form a group. Mm-hmm. But anyway, dogs are pack animals and group right. animals, and they need to be with another dog or with people and this is just so this is just a product of social isolation Mm -hmm. this is a dog that's crying and saying hey i just i need to i just i want you back or Mm -hmm. where are you going or don't leave me alone so separation anxiety you either get another dog Mm -hmm. and sometimes that doesn't always work because the dog's so bonded with the person that doesn't matter there's another dog or two dogs or three dogs it's when that person goes but um sometimes you can work it Mm -hmm. maybe get see, see if that works 
Then the other thing is you've got to utilize having a, a, a dog walker come over or having uh, or taking your dog to doggy daycare, mm-hmm. doing something where this dog doesn't have to spend a lot of time by itself. Whilst you're working on a behavior protocol of trying to, you know, desensitize your dogs to departure trigger, desensitize your dog to departure triggers and um, make it, um, you know, feel a bit more confident with your leaving and teaching at the stay queue and doing all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But first of all, before you're doing anything is, is f- trying to find out what it is that's making that dog so unconfident that it can't be by itself. And um, a lot of dogs just can't. A lot mm-hmm. of dogs just can't. You know, they're like people. Some people just just don't do well by being by themselves. And, and and so some dogs are like that. So there's a whole behavior protocol. If you read my book, Train Your Dog Positively, you'll be able to, um, you'll see some. How to do that um, separation anxiety slowly. Exactly, exactly. And um, you'll you'll get lots of good tips on how to deal with that. But essentially, whilst you're dealing with that, try and find other management ways that you can manage this dog's life so it doesn't have to be anxious. Okay. okay. Um, here, This is interesting. Ashley in Michigan says, my dog resource guards me. And I'm wondering what I can do to change that to me. He won't let other dogs near me. Mm. Um, And I know, first of all, I can tell you resource guarding is very scary. My dog, it sounds horrible. They go nuts. It's uncomfortable. Those dogs are so, um, they're so stressed out. You get stressed out. I can't imagine. My dog just resource guards food or treats. I can't imagine me. Yeah, and that is Ugh. that can be quite serious as well, depending on how big the dog is. You know, mm-hmm. if you've got a really big dog that's resource guarding you, oh dear. Um, and uh, you know, little dogs can do a lot of damage. But you know, it gets it's some sometimes people find it cute when their little dog's guarding them because they think, oh, that's funny. It's yeah, not funny. It's tiring. But um, you know, obviously, if it's a larger dog, it's it can be a lot more dangerous. So mm-hmm. why? And I'm always asking this question before I do anything. That's why I don't like trainers that just go in and just, you know, tell the dog off or punish the dog. You didn't ask. You've got to ask the dog, why mm-hmm. is it doing this? And who else is in your life? Is there another significant other in your life that um, will be able to maybe do more with the dog? Um, because it feels like there's just this this such attachment mm-hmm. that when they go to any place that the dog doesn't like any other dog coming up. Or it could be a protective thing. Mm-hmm. Literally, this dog is being very protective. So, and, and that's really what resource guarding is. It's protecting something of valuable, mm-hmm. of value to that dog. Um, and therefore, don't take it to dog parks. No dog parks. Mm-hmm. Dog parks for resource guarding dogs that resource toys or, res- or or resource guard people are not a good place to take your dog. Could somebody else take the dog to the dog park if it's only her that it I'd, I'd, resource guards? I don't no? particularly think. I don't. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would put it on the line. I don't really like dog parks mm-hmm. because I think there's too many dogs in a confined area. And too Unless, many owners that don't. Keep an eye on their dogs. They don't keep an eye on their dogs or their owners that bring toys in or Mm -hmm. they bring food in and then they start to feed the other dogs around. It's just this disaster. Mm -hmm. So don't particularly like dog parks. Um, And um, my first question would be, is your dog social? In other way, if you're not there and um, somebody else is walking the dog, is your dog social? Mm -hmm. Because it might be that the dog's not social with anybody. So it doesn't matter who's walking the dog. Any other dog that comes up to that dog's not social. So you've got to find out you know, is it this just literally me or does the dog have an issue with greeting dogs? Now, if it's you, um, what I do sometimes is that I, if my dog is non-aggressive, like as in it's not going to attack the other dog as it comes mm-hmm. up, what I'll do is I'll just walk away. You resource guard me. Actually, your resource guarder goes away. I don't even say anything. I just walk away. And then the dog realizes, oh, you're gone. 
<laughs> okay. Well then, oh, there you are over there. And um, if it comes up to to me, fine, I'll greet and, you know, give it lots of love and attention. And then um, if another dog comes up and it accepts that other dog and I pet it, great, that's fine. You can stay. But if you if you growl or anything, I'm just going to leave you alone. Um, that's the sort of the least because because resource guarding can be if you're confrontational at all, you can you can ignite that flame in a second, mm. and that's why resource guarding is dangerous. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I would manage the situation, avoid dog parks, avoid places where other strange dogs could come up. Now, if 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 it's a dog that does come up to you, just be aware. If another dog comes up to you, just be aware. Kind of ignore that dog too. Say hello, but just kind of ignore it and walk away as well. So your dog is seeing that. Oh, that's no big deal. So you have to be the one that doesn't get scared, doesn't get tense, doesn't go all like that, or doesn't tempt fate by showing attention to the other dog Mm -hmm. in a way of like, well, I'm going to show you now that I'm going to give attention to this other dog. So you better mind your, you know, you you better behave. That doesn't work. So I think it's just all about building the dog's confidence up in other ways too. having somebody else do more feeding and walking and being part of that dog's life. And then if the dog is fearful of other dogs, is taking a dog to a reactive dog class or to some place where your dog can learn to be more comfortable around other dogs. Okay. Um, here's one from uh, Terry in Colorado. And, you know, a lot of people have dogs who we all get old and we all lose our faculties. I've already lost my mind. Um, and Terry says, I have a dog who's turning 14 this year. She's getting hard of hearing. What are some training tools I can use to get her to come to me when called? Thank you, Victoria. Okay. And, you know, we do. We talk a lot about puppy training, but we don't yeah. talk about helping older dogs cope to a changing environment because of their declining of course cognitive decline oh. is a very you know it's like um people get dementia and so dogs get dementia too i have mm-hmm. a 14 year old uh, lab sadie, sadie I have to keep 14? Her, she's 14 i have you to would keep never her, know i know but wow. i have to keep her very active because the more active she is the less decline i see mm-hmm. in her mm-hmm. um and um like people exactly so i keep her active i keep her mind active she loves her toy every day that she gets so she can you know eat the food out of that and she likes her different um, toys that she gets where she can really learn to manipulate and it stimulates her and then she loves her walks and mm-hmm. very important with an elderly dog to do that um, if a dog is hard of hearing and you have a problem with recall um, don't let your dog off in areas where you could your dog could run away or your mm-hmm. dog could be um, get hit by a car or something just don't do it or use a long line Mm-hmm. Use a long line on your dog so that you just you're attached to your dog now because mm-hmm. you know you, they sometimes wander off. Yeah, like old people, they just wander off and poodle <laughs> off. That's right, and then they can't hear you yeah. when you call them. So, um, and sometimes you can use vibration if you want to mm. call them. Um, so, for example, let's say Sadie's a bit hard of hearing and she's on one end of the room and I'm on the other end of the room. I might just stamp my foot on the ground um, to to, to get her so that her vibrations, she can feel those vibrations and, then and she things can like see that. You. Absolutely. And you can use hand cues too. Can you teach? I mean, you can yeah, teach a dog if the new dog, tricks. If the dog is looking at you, absolutely, you can. Yeah. But then, you know, so with cognitive decline becomes all all kinds kinds of things you know that the dog can't see as well the right. dog can't hear as well the dog can't smell as well or taste as well so it's really up to you to find ways of making that dog's life easier and manage it so the dog's not put in harm's way gotcha all right is that good are we i, I think, think oh we're out of time done. look i'm getting that we're out of time we got to do yes we're okay out of time. sounds good thank you vic and the really good questions keep them coming if you guys have questions uh send them to positively.com slash ask victoria and we hope to get to your question next time so we'll see you on the next podcast bye guys Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. 
Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.